You're listening to the Wonder Women of Aviation, a podcast that helps preserve the history of women in aviation and highlights women involved in aviation. Hello, and welcome to season two of the Wonder Woman of Aviation. Today we have comic book Great. creator Preston Poulter, Pocket Jacks Comics. Preston, I wanted to thank you for being here. Um, mm-hmm. I met Preston at uh, Wizard World, which is actually the final Wizard World. <laughs> we, we sang Old Lang Syne at the very end of it. It was cool. <laughs> it was um, great. It, it was, was great. Yeah. Um, I, I, I got, they, they left a renewal notice for next year when it was Fan Expo, and I noticed the uh-huh. rates were a little higher. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, because um, side story, like I didn't realize it was the final wizard and the video of my first uh, convention. I started, I guess, doing like some NBC work, and I interviewed um, the original Incredible Hulk, and I found a video. I'm like, oh my gosh! You mean Lou <laughs> uh, Ferrigno or Bill Bixby? Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> yes, he 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 tended to do a fair number of, of Wizard Worlds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like he's the, the staple guy that's always there. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, that was my wizard story. But um, what really caught me um, and stopped me, because typically you kind of go through the conventions, and I'm in the convention world myself. You kind of walk through and you just you kind of stare at the artwork. You, you bypass the artist, the writer. That's what stopped me was a book that I haven't seen, and we're going to talk about your book. But it's it's called White Lily. Mm-hmm. And it's about two female World War II fighter pilots. Yes. Really, really cool. So I want to learn more about for our listeners that, you know, haven't heard about you, heard about your book. Tell me a little bit more about White Lily. Who is White Lily? White Lily was the aviator call sign. Uh, so you're familiar with that, right? Like when you're, when you're a fighter pilot, they give you these little handy nicknames. Yes. So her aviator call sign was White Lily, and she was the deadliest lady fighter pilot in world history. She flew for the Soviet Union during the uh, Second World War and fought at the battles of Stalingrad and Kursk. Okay. And she was one of the first fighter pilots, you said? All right. So during the Second World War, each side utilized women to differing extents. I don't think that... We didn't see the Axis powers really use women very much. Like the, the Germans and, and the Japanese did not tend to to, to look to women. But uh, the Americans used them in a support role. So, you know, you have the women of the women's auxiliary and stuff like that. But the Soviets, in part because uh, the Germans killed so many of them, they, as a matter of survival, they were like, okay, we're going to, we're going to turn to women as warriors. And, you know, they, they had some standout cases. There was uh, a female sniper that, that did pretty well. Uh, and, you know, because I've been going to all these shows and talk about White Lily, you know, there are people, oh, there was, a, there was a woman who lost her husband in the Second World War. And then uh, I don't, I haven't researched the story, uh, but from what I'm told, she then purchased a tank of her very own, her own T-34 tank, and then took revenge on the Germans with her own tank crew. So uh, there was that. And and when it came to aviation, a lot of people talk about the Night Witches. They got a much better press agent than did the fighter group. But uh, there were three squadrons of female aviators under Marina Raskova, you can think of as the Soviet Amelia Earhart. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
there was one fighter group and two bomber groups. And so White Lily follows the fighter group where Lydia Litviak, born in Moscow to uh, two Polish parents, got, you know, essentially becomes a fighter pilot and then became the deadliest lady fighter pilot who ever lived. So she, uh, and, you know, in part it's because after the Second World War, it's not like women were suddenly becoming fighter pilots. So there aren't a lot of data points on that graph to go, oh, and she was so much better than all these other lady fighters. You know, it's, it was a, a pretty rare occasion at the time. Uh, even by modern standards, looking back, you know, we don't have a lot of uh, female ace fighter pilots. In fact, I'm under the impression that she and Katya Burunova, who are the two, uh, the two main characters in our story, are the only two women to have ever earned the title of ace. Oh, wow. Up, up to today so far. So, yeah. That's amazing. What I love about the story is obviously you're, you're showcasing women in aviation. And that mentioned uh, the women uh, auxiliary service pilots, like the WASP. The Women of Wasp is something that we have, it's a forgotten piece of our history. So when I see stories such as yours, such as White Lilia, Katya, uh, Lilia, I, I think that's amazing that, you know, you're doing something about it instead of just be like, okay, I don't know. You're actually showcasing something that needs a story that needs to be told, um, which goes on to my, my next question. What inspired you to write? I mean, out of all the things to write, you're a writer. Mm-hmm. Why a story about, you know, female fighter pilots? Do you have any roots to uh, aviation? Oh, my, my dad was a pilot. So okay. I, you know, he, he took me up in a plane a number of times. Like I got to, you know, try my hand at the controls. Uh, my brother went on to be a pilot. So there's, there's a fair number of pilots that I'm, I'm related to or, you know, have, have gotten to see or meet. So there's that. Uh, in fact, I found her story because of a joke my dad told me back when I was a little boy that I, I could only remember the punchline to. So I Googled the punchline and then I found her, you know, uh, Lydia Litviak came up on Wikipedia and I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know there were lady fighter pilots. So I, I clicked on the link and there it was. I was like, OK, cool. So I, I read her Wikipedia entry and. It just, it reads like a movie. She had an amazingly uh, cinemagraphic life, I believe, I believe the word is. So uh, there were a lot of dramatic moments in her life, and it was certainly a very interesting time in history. So I was like, somebody should make a story about this. So. And I'm glad you did. Like I said, that's something that definitely a story that needs to be told. And it's interesting, like just your father mentioned it and you did the research, which brings another question. Uh, the research that's involved in writing a story such as this, obviously you didn't live during that era. Um, right. What does it take? Um, I'm a writer myself. I've created a couple books um, from like an artistic perspective, you, you know, write at the storyboards. Uh, what kind of research did you do specifically? Did you just, you know, look up Wikipedia and then just look up Warbirds or? I do, Wikipedia was pretty much all, all I was really going off of. Now, uh, I have talked to a number of people who are like, but shouldn't you have done? But I wasn't setting out to make a documentary. I was setting out to make a dramatic piece. So instead, the focus isn't on let's get every historical detail 100% accurate the way I would with a documentary, but it's instead let's tell a piece of historical fiction that people might go, oh, that was entertaining. Or I, I and why Lily? For those who have taken it and read it, you know, the overwhelming. I come back and people are like, I liked it. You know, I, I, uh, a lot of people uh, got very emotionally moved by the story. So, 
I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, in terms of facts, I was mostly going off of the Wikipedia article. Wow. And, <laughs> That's the talent. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and honestly, you know, like, look, when it comes to Soviet history, um, right. it's kind of sketchy. Yeah. Uh, but by design, you know, there, yeah. there's a lot of gaps to fill in, you know, so. And touched on being an emotional, like the story itself is emotional, and I have it here myself, which is I loved it, <laughs> absolutely loved it. Um, the way you did, you, write- did, did you read all five issues or the the, the, the trade paper? Okay, yes, that is <laughs> that is the uh, the uh, trade paperback. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I bought it right on the spot, and for those okay. of you who are listening, I'm going to give you the link. What I like most is you kind of touch on different um, topics. You know, there's there's a love story involved. There's um, gender roles, obviously, that's involved. Yeah. There's a little bit of, um, I guess, Katya herself. But, you know, you have some inclusiveness in there. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about there. Well, all right. Sorry. Uh, and, and again, and I've, I've taken some heat. I have, a, I have a lot of haters online. And uh, one of the things that, uh, that, that people have criticized is that I, quote unquote, made Katya a lesbian. And that I, that therefore, I have desecrated uh, her memory and I'm like well I, we're being a little critical of lesbians if we're saying that right. by me saying characterizing her that way therefore I've defiled her historical relevance but uh, people go well there's no real evidence that she was and I got okay well again reading through the Wikipedia entry about her she right. was described as fitting in with the guys when she was in her flight gear so we can assume she had a bit of a masculine air about her and uh-huh. homosexuality was against the law under Stalin. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that you would have gotten sent off to a re-education camp about, which allowed me. And here's where I felt I really needed to speak to modern audiences because communism seems kind of cool again. You know, uh, people are like, oh, yes, the problems with capitalism, we clearly need a central planned economy. And I, OK, well, now that I have the story set under communism, although some people would argue, well, not real communism, but set under some form of communism, they, they certainly seem to think they, they were doing it the right way. Uh, well, let, let's talk about what it was like to be gay in the Soviet Union. Yeah. Which, by the way, was not good. Uh, you know, and it wasn't particularly refreshing to be a woman in the Soviet Union. While, while people say, like, well, look, they, they use them in, in fighter role. Okay, but A, that's just because you allow a woman to go and serve her country and maybe die in the line of duty, does I don't think you've necessarily done them any huge favors. Uh, right. If you look at, you know, the history of the Red Army during the Second they World War. They weren't particularly, uh, I don't think, forward-thinking society when it came to the role of women at the time. Um, right. And when you have central planning and central planners, well, the society is going to go however the central planners think. Right. Um, that's, that's one of the problems. So I, I wanted to highlight while I, while I had the, the while I had an opportunity and I was setting a story under, you know, Soviet rule. I wanted to talk about, well, what was it like to be a woman there? What was it like to be gay there? Uh, so Katya and in, in my retelling becomes, uh, or maybe was, I don't know, uh, a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's, that's how I, I frame that story. And as, as a dramatic piece, um, I feel it works. So you've, you've read the whole thing, right? Uh, I got halfway through. So oh, halfway through. 
okay. Yeah. Right. Well, then. Uh, but I mean, you can go ahead and. <laughs> spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> they both die in service of their country. Okay. Which, I right. mean, it's got a heroic ending, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay. Um, I'm okay with know, that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, and, and I still had people go, we want more. And so there's actually a Kickstarter right now uh, called Lords of Iron. And, and mm-hmm. it's, it's the last two days for Lords of Iron, where I actually have taken Katya and Lily and put them in a cyberpunk story. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, look, it's, you want more of them? Okay. I, I have now, now, now they're my characters. Now I gave them somewhat different names. But if you've read Light Willie, you can go, that's Katya and Lily. Yes, it's Katya and Lily, but now I've set them in a you know, cyberpunk sci-fi universe. Okay. Which to me is a lot better than doing some kind of goofy historical sequel to right. what it was a rather definitive end to, to their their contributions to the Second World War. But um well, that's the beauty of storytelling, right? You can, yeah. you can go any way with it and it's it's right. your story. So exactly. <laughs> like so, um, when looking at it as a writer, I have to go. Okay, so we've got uh, we've got one of those stories that kind of ends on a bit of a downer, you know, because okay. uh, well, they die. So how how do I want to frame this? How do I want to tell this? And by making Katya in love with Lilia, uh-huh. um, Katya survives, uh, you know, Lilia and is asking the questions that, of course, people ask in wartime, but is also true. Lilia's body wasn't recovered until the 1970s. So yeah. she just, she went, you know, look, she was a fighter pilot. She didn't come back. Yeah. And people were like, oh, I saw her plane. It was streaming flames that went behind a cloud. That's all you get. You you know? figure, yeah. Well, yeah. maybe she bailed out. Maybe she crashed. Like, maybe she's still alive out there. So And so we get to stay with Kaya. And by this time in the story, we are in love with Lilia. We have seen her sacrifice, and yeah. we and the audience and Katya now merge. Katya becomes the voice of the audience. She is frantic to find Lilia. The audience is frantic to find Lilia. She right. grieves Lilia. The, so Katya gets to hold our hand and take us through our moments of grief for our main character. Mm-hmm. And we gain this respect for Katya because... She loves the same person we love, and we are commiserating her loss with her. Right. You're and connected then, with your audience. You've already right. created an emotional bond, which right. is great as a and, writer. <laughs> and then um, towards the end of the thing, uh, to me, it's about choice. Uh, and if I look at Lilia, she was, you know, just the historical Lilia, according to Wikipedia, and that she was aggressively volunteering she wanted to be a fighter pilot she wanted to be in these divisions that marina raskova was uh was the leader of and she was like falsifying how many hours she flew she was trying to get in so to me i'm like okay lilia chose to be there uh i don't have as many details about kaya but that is what i put in the story is lilia is always choosing to be there uh and now i have to go okay well, why is that? And now I have to go, now I have to try and provide some framework behind we, the audience, can understand the choices of a historical character. Because that's the thing about history is people make choices, you know. Um, Civil War happened and General Lincoln went to, you know, General Lee and said, hey, you're a good guy. 
We yeah. want you to come fight for the North. What do you say? And Lee said, no. And <laughs> why did Lee say it? I, we don't know. We, I can just tell you that he did. And But when you're writing the story, the right. audience has to understand. So you have to have a scene of Lee being like, well, I've always felt at home here in Virginia. I do so love you. Know, like We have to provide that. So as the writer, I had to provide, why does Lilia want to fight? Why is she always there? forging applications saying, I want to be a fighter pilot, when really the reward is what you would ultimately expect. You're going up against the Nazis, the Luftwaffe, day after day, the most advanced fighting aerial force in the world at the time. Mm -hmm. And you're going in these like broken down planes, you're probably going to get killed. Why Why is this your choice? And uh, so, it, so that becomes what the story is about, is about the personal choice mm -hmm. of how you want to live, how you want to die. Right. And the people you take with you. And so I have to provide Lilia kind of an explanation for her motivation. So we learn, which historically is true. Right. Her father was executed during the purge. Okay. So she became the deadliest female fighter pilot defending a government that executed her father. I mean, that's, that's an interesting historical tidbit. Right. And now I'm trying to fill it in and go, okay. To me, it seems like, and there is some evidence for this in, in history, that she wanted to die a hero so that the rest of her family would be protected the next time political people were like, who do we need to round up and send to Gulag for Stalin? Mm -hmm. So that seemed to be the Lilia's motivation. Lilia was there to die a hero. And I'm like, that's an interesting character. And yes. so... Page one, panel one, we open up, there's an air raid, and she's lighting up a cigarette, right? Yeah. That's how I opened the story. <laughs> and <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm, every time I get a chance, I'm trying to show that Lilia has a very aggressive death instinct. Anytime there's a chance to, 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 to risk her life, to take anything, she's just, she's grabbing it. She wants it because she has made this pact that I'm here. They killed my father. I have no choice. This government, you know, like, but I, in this one moment, I can do this thing and I can, I can go out this way. And that to me is as good as it's going to get. And that's what I'll do. So white Lily is a story about choosing how you want your life to go and choosing how you want your life to end. And then now I have, now that I have this tragic hero, now I have Katya who's in love with the tragic hero and who kind of follows her on this very dangerous journey. And then once Lilia is gone, we see Katya. And now this is this becomes more about like obsession and about like when you've dedicated your life to this person, you end up following them, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Right. And so Lilia chose to die in the service of her country as a conscious choice, in my opinion. And mm -hmm. then I have Katya doing the same thing. Once Lilia is gone, she's right. like, why am I here? And so it becomes this tragic story about choosing to die. It's it's also about finding your purpose, right? It's, yeah, it's finding like, your purpose. Yeah, finding yeah. your purpose, finding who you are. Um, you have some little innuendos there, like love, um, death. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's a true life story. Um, well, historical fiction, but it's based yeah. on real real life emotions. And right. you know, the driving factor is, you know, why did women join the service? And it's right. it's to make a difference, right? It's not just to sit back and you right. know watch the men go to war. And that's one thing that I love about this story. It's like right. she actually got up and did something. Um, yeah. 
that that's amazing. That's Thank so you. powerful. That's so strong. And that's why right. I'm advocating, you know, this on my Thank Wonder you. Women of Aviation podcast, um, because it's a different way to tell the story of women in aviation. Right. And, and right. I love, I love the fact that you threw in the, and I'm going to go back to this, the whole, like, you know, lesbianism, because, right. um, for those that I, I love Wonder Woman, that's, you know, hence Wonder yeah. Woman aviation. Um, Sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> But, um, An excellent movie, if you haven't seen it, is Professor Marston and yes, the Wonder Woman. I was yeah. just going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, for those that are listening to the podcast that have not seen that movie, it's it sheds a lot of light on the creation of Wonder Woman. Um, she was a free-spirited woman. The character was developed, um, you know, based right. on, you know, he's a psychologist or he was the inventor of the um, truth. The, the lie detector. Lie detector. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, truth machine. <laughs> The, the, AKA the truth machine. Yes. Yeah. The last one truth. Um, but right. you know, it's, you know, it kind of reminds me of, you know, Katya in a sense that, you know, to be free, to be open with, with who you are, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But in that right. area, it was, you know, obviously a different era. Well, for people who closely follow my personal story, um, it still runs into problems if you're open about who you are and what you like. Um, right. That's, that's, that's just the reality. You know? Yeah. It is. Um, well, going back to you wrote this, um, and I know we briefly talked about it. I don't know if you want to share about, you know, the, the purpose behind writing um, the story. You have it in your your foreword in, in the beginning right. of the book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I um, it it's, you know, the, the project took on um, a lot of personal meaning for me as, uh, you know, as I went from it was just an idea to here. I wrote some pages. So now I've got a script. Now I'm having people review the script. Now I'm revising the script with notes. Now I'm sitting down and going, what's, where are my dramatic beats? And, you know, starting it out. And, um, you know, over the, over that time, uh, you know, I, I, I had some, some of my own grieving to do. And in part it was, you know, my dad, who was a pilot who, you know, gave me, you know, my early aviation experience, you know, he passed away and, um, my marriage was, was coming to an end and my daughter was growing up and, uh, you know, there was a lot of loss there. And, you know, when you're going through these periods and look, the whole emptiness thing of, Oh, I was a parent, but now there's just an individual out there in the world with a cell phone who will send me a text every month or so, you know, um, you know, like I'm not alone in experiencing the loss of what you had. Right. And, you know, it's, I was able to look at Lilia and go, she had, you know, what, what did she have? You know, <laughs> she, you know the, the, the government took her father away from her and here she is as, you know, a Jew who Stalin did not like and uh, Polish who Stalin also did not like. Um, and a woman who nobody really, and like she, said this is it i'm choosing to go here and i'm going to make my mark in this way and in that regard she found purpose and there is um her quest for purpose is very much it's the biggest part of the story and there's uh a scene in issue four where she's really grappling with with grief and Mm -hmm. um finding her purpose to to carry on and I, I poured a lot of, of, of myself into that and a lot of, you know, my own thoughts and my own struggles with depression went into that story. And so I think that's part of why people come away with it and go, this was, this was a pretty, this was pretty deep. I'm like, well, thanks. Right. 
you know, I actually welcome those type of stories because it shows that you're human. You cry, you bleed, you, you, you die. I mean, I'm a method writer too. So I have to get into like the deepest, darkest moments. And um, I'm a poet as well. My husband's like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) what did you write? I'm like, for me personally, it's like, it's therapy, you know, writing is a form of therapy and being creative is, you know, I yearn for that. And when I see stories like this, I'm like, okay, I can, I can kind of sense, you know, the type of personality that the writer has. Um, You can tell like right away, you're like, okay, that's like, okay, I've got to have him on my podcast. I want to talk a little bit more about um, strong female heroes. Guinevere was, uh, my, my follow-up to White Lily. And, and the thing is, people people keep bringing to me. It's like, you make White Lily, and people just go, oh, you should make this a story about this other historical incident. I'm like, listen, this is I'm one and done when it comes to history. And it's because people, they kind of tune out for the most part. You go, this is history, and, you know, like, okay. history is not that interesting to people, which right. is sad, but, you know, like, it's... And particularly if it's not American history, you know, if it's like, if there's some local roots of, oh, Texas boy did good or Arizona or California or the Virginian, you know, like, great. But um, when it's other people's history, there's there's just not much, uh, I think, that really drives sales. So Gwyneth and the Divinity Factory would... As, as I as I describe it to people when I'm offering, I've been giving away like issue ones for free lately at cons, kind of clear them out of my closet. But I make people choose. And I go, do you want White Lily, story of the true deadliest lady fighter pilot that ever lived? Or, and then I hold up Gwenever, which is like sexy magic bad girl and the succubus out for her soul. Hmm. <laughs> and a lot of people go, that's a hard choice. I'm like, but... As some people will go for White Lily. Some people will go for Guinevere. As a, Guinevere is, in my opinion, you know, more of a Wonder Woman story. It's more of a, you know, we're following uh, an opinionated uh, protagonist, you know, lady protagonist. As uh, and you know, she is is sexy and she gets tied up sometimes. You know, uh, so this I'm, I'm I'm starting with okay. Here's why you're buying it. But, okay. you know, while you're there, uh, you know, let's, let's, you know, and so I, I, I think a lot about Wonder Woman and I think a lot about, you know, Dr. Marston and all that, uh, <laughs> because, you know, sex appeal is what drives the sales of Guinevere. Great. Which goes on to my next question. Um, what message do you typically want a reader to gain from your story? For example, White Lily, what right. message um, would you like your reader to gain from that? The message I wanted, um, so... Can, can I can I share a few pages with you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So here, um, this is just after she witnessed the death of the man she was in love with, which, by the way, happened. That that was a real thing. Uh, okay. She she watched the man she was in love with die. He crashed right in front of her, and she wrote to her mother, "It was only then that I really understood that I loved him." Mm. And I'm like, it's so cinematic. I'm like, she had such right. a cinematic life. So um, she decides, and again, every time I have a, a, an opportunity to show Lilia's death instinct, she's she, enraged. She just flies into this formation of enemy fighters. And here she is, and they're, they're, they're coming after her. And uh, she's radioing that she's in trouble. And then she's, you know, she sees, up. Oh, there's the bad guys. They're coming in. And her thought is, so this is how my story ends. And then I have her have a quiet moment and go, mm. I 
here, Death, take me. But here comes Kai. Kai is always out to save Lilia from herself. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to go. Uh, page, yeah, that was page eight. On our life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and again, these are, these should be familiar roles. There are, there are <laughs> always people out trying to save people from themselves and it never exactly works. Yeah. So then here's, here's, here's page 10. And, uh, you know, like, be, be, you know, all right. So the, the Nazis have to go off and then there's Katya and then Lily and Katya are now having their, their, their moment of thanks. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a Ukraine. I made Katya Ukrainian. Uh, so she says, no price is too great to save a friend, which is uh, a, a Ukrainian proverb or, uh, or the mm-hmm. Ukrainian proverb actually is no road is too long to visit a friend that I had, you know, I switched it a little bit. So okay, why not? Cause you can't. And then we go to page 10. All right. And one of the things I want you to notice, by the way, in White Lily, I, I flip the orientation of the story. So when we're in the air, and in part it's because fighter planes are wide and short. And yeah. so when you go to a landscape orientation, you have width and, you know, a little yeah. bit. So it makes planes easier. But it also, to me, it sends a message that the sky is different than the ground. Those are different worlds. Right. And when we're trying to understand why Lilia keeps seeking the sky, the sky is big and it's open and it's different and it's free. It's vast. Mm-hmm. Whereas the ground tends to be more claustrophobic and more yeah. stuff is happening. So, um, so that's why I, I keep switching orientation. Also, it makes the reader do the work of a pilot. You know, as you're reading the story, you're like, oh, I meant this. So you have to flip the book. You have to get level yeah. with the horizon. I know. And that's what, yeah. Yeah. That's what like, pilots have to do. They, they have to get level with the horizon. So I wanted to subtly kind of make the reader fly the book a little bit. So that, so then we cut and now we're back to, uh, you know, Lily on the ground. And then here's Katya and Katya is saying the same thing that we all say to our friends when they're going through stuff, we try and give them something to feel good about. Right. And so she's like, Lily, I know you're hurting, but the most part, you live to fight another day. And then we go to the next panel. And now uh, this is this is good color work here by Blonde. You notice, all right, so we, we have Lilia is in color, but Katya has now faded into black and white. Yeah. And the lettering box is now just filled with scriggles. And it's because Lilia is disconnecting. Yeah. And she cannot be reached. And so Lilia is... um putting some blocks, you know, she's going through the routine that she should do as a fighter pilot. She's putting blocks behind the wheels and there's all of her, you know, all of her lady fighter pilots are trying to get to her, console her, but she is unavailable. Yeah. And then when she's down there at the bottom now in vivid color are all of her memories. And she remembers that Mm -hmm. time when that guy I loved spoke up for me with Captain Tamara and that time we had sex and he carried me off. And then that's her father hanging there because I, I wanted that. She's never really left that memory behind. Mm. And then the violent death of the man she loved as she stares into his picture in this kind of soft, vulnerable moment. Right. To, uh, next Very page. vulnerable. Yeah. You touch on a lot of topics that people don't talk about. Right. <laughs> you know? Thank you. So like, then, hey, it's life. Yeah. So then, all right. So now we are next day, 
and again, when you're depressed, you kind of lose track of time. And so we, as the reader, are kind of watching and we're going, is that the next day? I guess it's the next. But, you know, here's Kaya. She's bringing her some white lilies and she's saying something. But again, we're disconnected. And then there's there's the captain. And the only thing that we can understand as he is writing on his clipboard is unfit for duty. So he's saying some other stuff, but we're kind of getting that the squadron is going to go on and they're going to leave her behind. And Kaya is saying something, but you know, whatever. And so Lily is just alone in yeah. her barracks. And the only thing that really keeps track of time is all the cigarettes you see down here at the bottom, just all the cigarettes. I love the creative process. Like the way, you know, you kind of draw out the panels and, and, the time, like you said, the cigarettes, like it's just movement of time. Um, for yeah. me personally, I can understand. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I see what right. he did there. Yeah. And then she's she's left all alone, and she starts burning herself. Uh, and again, it's because I'm trying to show that this this you know this is a very damaged woman. She she has this desire for this to end it all. And what does she do? So she's trying to get back to some kind of way to feel. And she says that she's Bojamai, which is oh my god, to feel again, and and she just keeps, and then she has this this emotional release where 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 she, you know she's she's laughing and you know having battle with depression, but sometimes you have these like weird inappropriate emotions that come and they go and whatever, but then boom. Now, it, but it's a real quick thing, and then it's back to kind of being sad as she looks back to the man she lost and the flower, and she's sad. And then she gets up, and she says she found something to do. She says, I know what has to be done, my darling. But we, the reader, do not know. No. And that moment. I mean, I just showed up. Do you have, so do, do, you know what she's, do you know what she intends to do when she says that? No. <laughs> no. All right. So we're left guessing, and it's the question that drives us. So yeah. here we are, and she's out, and then, you know, everything is just snowy. And as she walks by, this fighter flies by, and she's left obscured in this cloud of snow, but she emerges from it carrying a hammer and a gas can. And we're like, hmm, hmm. here she is, and now I'm using a bit of symbolism. That is her fighter plane, but it is covered in ice. Frozen. and. I honestly don't know if that's too much ice. I know I told I know I told the artist I'm like I want that thing buried in ice. And is that too much ice? I don't know. I mean Stalingrad did get kind of cold. So possible? Yeah, maybe it was possible. I don't know. But she's sitting here, she's looking at her fighter covered in ice, but she's also looking at her life covered in grief and depression and she has this thought that life has no purpose. Mm -hmm. But Despite the thought, she starts taking her hammer and hammering away at the ice because she's trying to get moving again. She's trying to get things back in gear. As she's confronted by all these dark thoughts, nothing means anything. What's the point? Um, we all die eventually. Why not today? What difference would it make? And then this last thought, no one will remember me. And now I'm kind of challenging the reader because yeah. I'm like, Look at this woman. Look at the life she led. And to a certain extent, she is forgotten. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is another moment of connection between the reader and the character is you have to, you know, 
because you want to maybe tell Lilia life does have a purpose, but you know, when she says no one will remember me to a certain extent, you have to go. Yeah. yeah kind of and, and Stalin, by the way, was embarrassed by the fact that the Soviets had to use women. So mm-hmm. after the war was over, it was like that part was just never talked about. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a similar trend with, you know, the women auxiliary service pilots. It's like they were forgotten as well. And it wasn't until recently until Obama um, gave them the, you know, medal yeah. of honor. So there you go. So uh, and she, here she uh, she pours some kerosene uh, into uh, an urn and then she lights up a cigarette and Leo's motif is fire. That's part of why. I open up sure with her, you know, lighting up a cigarette. And mm-hmm. then she lights this big fire under her fighter plane and says, I wish I had died with Alexi. And then she climbs into her cockpit and says, I long for death. And she's starting to flip switches. And now my, my direction of the artist is like, I want fire. I just want fire everywhere. So you see all this fire. And, uh, and now she's here and she's on the moment of this is her choice for life and death which is what the story is about so here is really what the the crux of the story is lily's choice between life and death and she's sitting here and saying all i have to do is sit here in this fighter plane and i will eventually die from the smoke but Mm -hmm. she's like or there that's the ignition key right there and i could start the plane and i could go back to the war Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, if I just sit here, I'll die and the suffering will finally end. And mm-hmm. then she reaches out her finger to push the button and says, can I even do this? And then she pulls it back and she finally voices something and says, why even try? And there's the button, you know, and it's there. And it's like the challenge of, of can she do it? Right. But then at the bottom, it's, she finally has a thought, which is, I must not die a coward's death. So, which again, going back to historical, she wanted to die a hero. Now I'm really kind of putting in the historical figure and go, that was her mission, was to die a hero. So, share screen. And now we go. She brings the goggles down. Now she's getting ready for business. And she's like, Death will call again. And she pushes the button. And now we're seeing the prop rotate. And she personifies death as a man. It says he always does. And then I have the bang. I don't know if you can tell what that is. But that is the engine kicking in, you know, and, and because it would have, a, you know, a loud yeah. bang. Yeah. And now she has a facial expression of this right. is who she is. Right. And she says, flying, my first love, my greatest joy. And she's closing the canopy. And she says... Uh, it's you who allow me to share death with the enemy. And the final thing as she's piloting the plane or taxiing the plane, you know, towards mm-hmm. the runway is death is my purpose. Now he will never desert me. I will live for death. And, um, to me, you know, I, I present it and I present that choice. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, she is living just to kill people until she herself dies. That's, that's what I've told you. You know, in her moment of darkness, she's like, I can, what can I, what, how can I keep going? I'm going to keep going for that. The only reason I'm here is to kill more of them until I'm gone. And 
is that okay? That's kind of the question I leave for the audience of, is that okay? And if right. we decide that's okay, then I think we have to go, then whatever purpose you find in your dark moments that keeps you going is kind of all right. Right. Be okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love that. That's definitely a, a meaning. <laughs> yeah, and it definitely showcases what your you know goal was to the audience is finding that purpose, being okay with that purpose and right. not forgetting who White Lily is, which, which is amazing. Um, we're going to get kidding the near of our interview, but uh, for those right. that need, well, want to purchase White Lily or learn more about White Lily, where can they find more information? Uh, it's, it's up on eBay. You know, okay. I, I, I did sign a distribution deal with uh, Red 5 Comics. So ideally, you could go to your local comic book store, but it didn't have a big print run, and I think it's largely sold out. But you can try. You, you can go to your local comic book store and see if they can you know, run down a copy for you. But um, eBay, you can okay. buy it from me, and I will ship it wherever you are. Okay, and I'll definitely share your your link info and I'll put it in my podcast. Um, I mean, I had fun talking to you and learning more about white Lily and all the other story. I mean, I I'm just, I'm a big fan now because I mean, I've kind of try to keep comics into my world, but now it's like aviation, aviation, aviation. So every once in a while, I like to kind of integrate those two stories. So that's why I was like, okay, we need more hint, hint. <laughs> right. We need more of these. And I know, you know, historical fiction can, can, you know, okay, boring, but I mean, there's so yeah. many stories we can tell. So if um, you have any more, <laughs> please send them my way. I, look, I'm, I'm going to be making a lot of comics and um, I've, I've, I'm mentoring other comic creators just last month, uh, two first time comic creators who, you know, submitted their scripts to me and I workshopped it with them, had successful Kickstarters. So Awesome. There's I might be reaching out to you. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. here. Let me know. Awesome. Well, thank you for um, joining us and thank you for those, you know, listening to the Wonder Woman of Aviation. And for those of you, I will put the link, um, check out White Lily and all the wonderful stories that uh, Preston has for us. And uh, see you next time. See ya.